When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas for how to live a happier, healthier, more productive life. This week we'll talk about why giving warm hellos and goodbyes can add to your happiness and suggest that you ask yourself the question, what did you do for fun when you were 10 years old? I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Usually I'm in New York City, but today I'm here in LA with my sister the sage, Elizabeth Kraft, who's my happiness guinea pig and questioner. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and I really do appreciate having a sister who's a happiness nag. (laughs) And Gretchen, as you mentioned in your intro, today you're here in Los Angeles with me, so it's a special, um, very special, special podcast. And we're all very excited because you, your book, Better Than Before, came out a couple of days ago, yep. and you're on your book tour. Yes. Starting in LA. Yep. So. Yeah, and the highlight is to be here with you, and we can actually speak face to face, and so um, that'll be make it especially fun today to talk. Nice. Um, so let's just jump right in, and we'll start with the Try This at Home, which is the small, manageable tip that will actually make a big difference about how you feel each day. And our Try This at Home tip today is to give warm hellos and goodbyes. Um, And this is a habit that I've worked on with my family. And as you said, yeah, I'm obsessed with habits um, ever since I started working on that book better than before. And this is one of the easiest and uh, most effective habits is just to give a warm hello and goodbye to everybody in your household every time people come and go. 
Well, ever since you told me about this, I've loved it. Some of your suggestions I resist because I think they're too much of a pain uh, um, or I have to sacrifice too much. But, I mean, what's not to love about this? Uh, And I love it because I've been doing it for mornings and evenings, Mm. which is kind of like a hello and goodbye. So even though, like with my five-year-old, I feel like I kiss him all the time, but I realized I didn't necessarily kiss him and say good morning first thing in the morning. So now I really am making a point to go in and say good morning, give him a big kiss, and, you know, I love it. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is that when you, we tend to feel the way that we act. So if you act in a loving way, if you act in a tender and attentive way, then you're going to feel more connected. You're going to feel more tender and um, affectionate. Because what I realized in my family is we'd gotten in this really bad (laughs) habit where people barely grunted out a hello as as somebody, you know, "Uh," um, and you're there with your newspaper, your homework, or your iPad, or Polly Pockets or whatever it was that you were doing. And it just wasn't a good feeling. You just felt like you were coming and going and nobody really paid attention. And now you really feel like people... And I think this is one of the reasons people like dogs, because dogs right. give you a big hello every time you walk it's in. so true. And it's so satisfying. Well, and the other thing I was thinking is, this is a good thing to do, not just with family, yes. but also with friends and yes. especially coworkers, coworkers who you see every day. Yes. And, you know, it's nice instead of just sort of coming in and walking to your office or walking to your desk and ignoring everyone. What's sort of a half wave. Yeah. It's nice to go in and make a point of saying, hello, good morning. How was your night? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, maybe walk around the corner and peek your head in somebody's yes. office and say good morning. Uh, because it's just easy to just get in and start your day and start doing emails or whatever and not acknowledge anyone else. And one of the things that research shows, and I think, you know, ancient philosophers agree with this and every, it's just true in everyday life, is that in the end, relationships are what make people happier. And so anything that we can do that's going to keep our relationships feeling stronger, whether it's our own child or that person who works down the hall from us, it's going to, if we feel like we're more connected to them and it's a stronger bond, it's going to be more satisfying. But one thing some people often, like when I'm talking about this, they say, well, isn't that fake? Isn't it, isn't it inauthentic if you're going through the motions of affection, but you're not, your mind is elsewhere, you're just doing it out of a habit? Is this just an empty yeah. gesture? And I always think of this great observation by Flannery O'Connor, who's one of my favorite writers. And she's talking about Catholicism because she was a very devout Catholic. And she's, so in a letter, she says, The things that we are obliged to do, such as hear Mass on Sunday, fast and abstain on the days appointed, etc., can become mechanical and merely habit. But it is better to be held to the Church by habit than not to be held at all. The Church is mighty realistic about human nature. And I feel like that way about the way you feel about your coworkers or even the way you feel about your family. Sometimes like it's better to just go through the motions and sometimes your heart's not quite in it. Um, but over time, that's what's really going to foster better feelings and warmer feelings of connection. Yeah. And I say it's like saying please and thank you. Yeah. We teach our kids to say yes. please and thank you, yes. you know, in a rote yeah. way. And so it's like, you know, yeah. what's wrong yeah. with hugging yeah. your husband when yeah. you see him, you know, after work? Better than not doing it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> better better than not doing it. Absolutely. Let us know if you do try this at home and how giving warm hellos and goodbyes works for you. You can send me a tweet at Gretchen Rubin to Elizabeth at Elizabeth Craft, and that's craft with a C like aircraft. Connect on the Gretchen Rubin Facebook page Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And also on my blog, GretchenRubin.com, I put up a post to go with every new episode so you can add your comment there. 
There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash happier. That's storyworth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. Elizabeth, here's a question to help you know yourself better. What did you do for fun when you were 10 years old. And let me just say, the reason I think this is good to ask yourself is it's a clue to what you would enjoy now, either at work or at play. Because the thing is, a lot of adults, they don't even really know what they like to do. So if you're thinking like, well, what do I like to, what do I even like to do? If you think about what you like to do when you were 10, there's often a clue. So what did you like to do when you were 10? Well, when you first asked me this, I was thinking what I like to do was two things, play divorce lawyer and play adoption <laughs> agency. Those are my two big games when I was little. Good uh, games. You know, it's not, maybe others don't play divorce lawyer. But how did you come up with that? Well, you know, mom had these gold, high heel gold sandals that she gave me <laughs> and I love wearing them and I thought a lawyer would wear them. Uh, and the only kind of law I could really understand was divorce because, you know, it makes sense. Right, it's right, not right, like right, corporate right, law right, right. or something. Yeah. So I would divide up, you know, Mr. Brown, you get the car and she gets the kids. Um <laughs> And then adoption agency was a great game because I had all these dolls. We had so many dolls yeah. and stuffed animals. You yeah. know, so it made perfect sense. Yes. And then you, you know, some parents would arrive. You'd give them their kid. Everyone, you know, everyone <laughs> the baby. Satisfying. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, but then I think that was when I was younger. That ten, I mean, ten is actually like fifth grade. Yeah, ten is so fifth you're grade. getting you're getting up there. So right. I was trying to remember what I liked in well, fifth grade. Well, as I recall, when you were in fifth grade, one of the things that you did was read romance novels all the time. Yes, and you yes. watched a lot of TV. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's true. <laughs> and but the thing is, and I think that's a perfect example of the fact that, like, as parents, I mean, I know this is because you know, my two daughters. You often want to like direct what they're doing so that they're spending their time like more you know in some lofty way but you never know what's preparation and actually what would be really good preparation for you and what you do now is exactly what you were doing when you were 10 years old and I mean I remember you telling me a few years ago in absolute seriousness I just wish I'd watched more television as a child when I had the time you know it's so true yeah uh, I mean, I remember now that you mentioned at this site, I had an English teacher who told me that, oh, reading Sweet Valley High is going <sighs> to ruin your future because you're going to have an unrealistic <laughs> idea about relationships. Right, right. Of course, I went on then to be the editor of See, Sweet Valley there High. There you go. There. Uh, for a period of time. There you go. So it's true. Now, what did you do when you were 10? So when I was 10, um, I had these, I called them my blank books. They were these books that were just, had blank pages. Oh, I remember now. Yes, I have, I still have them all. And I I would I would keep all these quotations from my favorite books. I would collect them, and then I would cut out 
beautiful images from magazines. I had this giant trove of, of images. And so then I would copy them in like different color ink in the book and then pick the illustration that went with them. And I would spend hours after school watch, sitting on the floor watching TV, watching reruns, doing these blank books. And the fact is, you know, if you say, well, what you did as a 10-year-old, you're going to like doing as an adult. What do I do now on my blog? <laughs> but I pick an image to accompany some marvelous quotation that I love. So it's ex I'm doing exactly what I did as a 10-year-old and finding it satisfying in exactly the same way. And I have a friend who told me that she played with her. She had three dollhouses mm -hmm. and she played with them way past the point of social acceptability. And what does she do now? She is an interior decorator. Oh, perfect. And I know somebody else who said that he would stand in front of the mirror with like a pretend microphone and just talk to himself. And what does he do now? He's a TV news anchor. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So sometimes if you can't figure out what it is you want to do or like to do, if you think back on what you were doing when you were 10, it's a really helpful clue because it's pr whether it was like arts and crafts or walking in the woods with your dog or going for a bike ride or writing. I mean, m one of my daughters uh, spent hours, Eliza spent hours writing fake catalog copy. I'm like, that's a well, real that's job. A job. That's yeah. a job. You know, like Elaine had it on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Uh, P Peterman or yeah. what? Yeah. No, yeah. It was like you could. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes what looks like a waste of time isn't really a waste of time. Well, what I remember you doing is you would do a word a day for me on the refrigerator. Um, I have Again, no with the, you'd write the word and the definition and you'd have a, you know, a magazine picture pasted next to it, a little index card. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. <laughs> you did it daily or weekly, depending on how much time you had. I don't and think I, I, would, I have no recollection yes, of that whatsoever. Yes, you did. I would I, come down wait, and there would be a word on the... Ask mom. I've been asked mom. I have no... That's, if I did, it's creepy because I have no recollection of that at all. Um, but it does sound like, well, we definitely Doesn't did. Doesn't it sound like something you would well, do? Well, we did do the whole uh, Reader's Digest, it pays to increase your word power thing. Like in long car trips to Nebraska, we would do like, that I remember. It all goes together. <laughs> Happy memories. <laughs> Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question for me and Elizabeth at 774-277-9336, or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. And Gretchen, today we have a question from a caller named Elliot from San Francisco. Hello, Gretchen. I have this uh, sense that uh, happiness is really tied to a sense of accomplishment, regardless if you're a maximizer or a satisfier. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on people who can set and achieve goals. It seems like that's a natural step in uh, making your life happier. So the question is, uh, what are your thoughts on people and their ability to set goals? Thanks. Bye-bye. Gretch, I love this question from Elliot because it it makes me think of my favorite thing from the Happiness Project, which is the whole concept of living in an atmosphere of growth. Absolutely, and that's exactly I think that's exactly what he's pointing out is that to feel happier, it's really important that we have this element of that things are moving forward, that we're making ourselves better, that we're learning something, that we're helping other people, that we're improving things, we're making something 
we're taking something to a higher level. I mean, I think this is one of the reasons that people love gardening or why they love having children, you know, because you feel like you're contributing to the growth of something. And it's interesting because studies show that we all think that we're going to be slightly happier in the future than we are now. So there is this sort of feeling that things are getting better. And often it's something where even if everything else in your life is kind of not going that great and things are not not so much in your control, you can create an atmosphere of growth by learning something or often by helping someone else um, because then by seeing that things are getting better for them, then you get that feeling of atmosphere of growth for yourself. Well, and it's setting, you can set small goals yes. like Elliot was said goals, it could be a big goal like finishing law school or a small goal like for me, uh, you know, picking up my shoes. Yes, you're right. <laughs> um, and as long as you sort of in your mind frame it as yes. a goal and an accomplishment, yeah. I think it does make you feel like your day has been well spent. Yeah. So I, I, th I think that awareness is important. And, and I think if you think about a lot of things that bring people happiness, you see that they have this atmosphere of growth sort of built in, like having collections where you're like, oh, mm. it's, you know, you have sort of that completist thing where I've got this and I've got that and I'm learning all this stuff and I'm going on these adventures and getting these things and slowly adding to my collection or getting a pay raise. Like studies show that people prefer to earn less overall but with a rising pay structure than they do if they make more, but not in a rising pay structure. Because you want that feeling of getting a little bit better all the time. Or even something fun like, oh, I'm going to cook my way through the Julia Child's cookbook. It's that sense of I'm, I'm creating something, I'm doing something, I'm making something better. Uh, it's just satisfying. Um, and I remember dad saying, because um, you know, he, he played tennis all the time we were growing up, and then he sort of switched to golf and became kind of really into playing golf. And I said to him, well, why did you switch? And he said, well, my tennis game was always getting worse, but my golf game is always getting better. And so it was a way to get that atmosphere of growth. There you go. If you'd like us to answer your question on a future show, here's the number to call, 774-277-9336. That's 77-HAPPY-336. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for the gold star and the demerit. So the demerit is no fun. The gold star is a lot of fun. So you go first this week. I'm up with the demerit. And it's, as usual, something that I've wronged my husband <laughs> with. <laughs> Um, it's a theme. Yeah, it's a theme it's a of theme. both of our demerits. And, you know, Adam and I are both TV writers, yeah. which is great because we can read each other's stuff, but it's also horrible because yeah. we read each other's <laughs> stuff. And, you know, recently I had, a, I had finished a script with Sarah, 
And it had gone through several drafts. And for whatever reason, Adam hadn't read any of the yeah. drafts, so it was new to him. Yeah. Uh, but it was really at a kind of the final stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave it to him. I really wanted him to read it. I was really proud of it. Uh, and he read it. And then we were having dinner, and he started telling me what he thought about uh, it. And the second that he didn't love it, and uh, he started in with some criticism, which any writer is yeah. going to give any other writer criticism. Sure. That's our nature. I just felt like I was like punched in the gut, and I was um, oh, not happy, yeah. and I oh. let that be known. Right. And what I realized is I should have told him when I gave it to yeah. him that I wasn't looking for criticism, <laughs> that I was only looking for praise <laughs> and cheerleading. This is a one-response kind of situation. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, how could he know? Yeah. Normally, sure. I would want him to give yes. me his thoughts and notes. Then that's what he should do, but in this case, it wasn't right. appreciated. Right, right, right. Um, so what I realized is you have to tell people if if you want yeah. something, you have to say what you want. You can't expect the other person to know. Which I mean, obviously we all know, but it's easier to know that in your head than to actually follow through with it. So it was a real happiness to merit because it. It caused tension f- yeah. for a good 14 hours. I had to apologize the next day Yeah, um, for being a baby. So, yeah. um, but, but it's like you felt done with it. You didn't want to hear what was wrong no. with it. Because then it's like, oh, well, you're right. Oh, why didn't I Even do that? Even worse, yeah. by the way, he was right. Oh, well, I mean. Then that, that... that really made it bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's my demerit. T- give us your gold star. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Please. They're more fun to talk about. Um, well, I realize, like, I'm always picking gold stars to people who say the right things. And maybe that makes sense because as a writer also, um, I have an appreciation for, like, the right words because I often feel like I don't know what to say. And this is a story that I've loved for years. It's something that happened to a friend of mine. Um, she got married pretty soon after college to a very, very nice guy who had a lovely family. And they didn't have any daughters, so she had sort of this special role. She was like the new daughter-in-law, and mm. they all loved her, and she got along really well, and it was a very happy situation. Then years go by, and then her his brother gets engaged and to a very nice woman. And um, But my friend said to me, well, you know, the thing is, I mean, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I do feel a little bit pushed to the side mm, and you know yeah. I had been the one and yeah you know I just whatever it just it shouldn't bother me but it does and I was like well that's completely understandable that you would feel that way so she told me that one night they were all at dinner uh the the, the her in-laws her, she and her husband and the brother and his fiance and they were all talking about the wedding and everything and she went into the kitchen to get something and her mother-in-law followed her in and said you know sweetheart there will always be a special place in our hearts for you. Mm. And I thought that was the perfect thing to say because my friend was so happy to hear those words. And the thing is, the, the mother-in-law didn't say, you're our favorite right, right. or you're the best. Right. And and maybe that wouldn't have even been true. You know, right. we love you the most. I mean, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Who knows? And it wouldn't even have been comforting. But it was just to know that there was a special place for her, you know, something that no one else could fill. And that's what we all want. We all want to feel like there's a special place for us in, some, in somebody else's heart. And like, how sensitive of the, yes, her mother-in-law yes, to even know right? that this would be an issue yes. and to address it. Yes, that it would be something that might be on her mind or that she might be feeling. And then to just sort of so gracefully step in and say just the right thing. So to me, that was a huge gold star. Yeah. Well, mothers-in-law can get a bad rap, but you and I both have good ones. We both have so good mothers-in-law. Yes. And so does your friend. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. So gold star to the mother-in-law. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, and that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Give warm hellos and goodbyes. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Post a comment on my site, GretchenRubin.com, or on the Facebook page. Thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer from Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And please take a minute to rate and review the show because that's a big help to us. We really appreciate the people who take the time to rate and review. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thank you for joining us. Onward and Upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com slash Panoply.